The Blockbusters Podcast is proud to be a member of the Pod Bros Network. You can find us as well as other fantastic podcasts such as Pencil and Ink Review, Another Damn Trivia Show, and The Language of Bromance at podbros.com, as well as on most other fine podcasting services. Now sit back, relax, and prepare to share and enjoy the Blockbusters Podcast. Welcome to episode 88 of the Blokebusters Podcast. I'm Paul. And I'm Brian. And today we will be talking about 2016's Arrival, a (laughs) film that a lot of people seem to think was chipped a little bit at the Oscars, but we will definitely be getting into that in a moment. Uh, First and foremost, as always... Do get a hold of us on Twitter at Blokebusters or on Facebook.com slash Blokebusters or on Instagram at Blokebusters or you can email us blokebusterpodcast at gmail.com or you can go to our website blokebusters.webs.com. You can't get a hold of us there, but it is a nice little website. Uh, here we go. <laughs> And yeah. uh, I, I don't believe we have anything else at the moment, but I will update the list if we have anything. Think we're yeah. Think we're good. <laughs> All right. So uh, we are uh, fashionably uh, late as always on things, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is you know this is never a uh, bad time to talk about this movie. At least I don't think not to get too far ahead of ourselves. Well, yeah. uh, for, I want to say one thing quickly out of the way. If this is your first time with us, these are all spoiler eps. We don't mark them as such. But if for some reason you have not gotten around to arrival, do that then listen. So yes. with that out of the way, <laughs> yes. That being the reason we're actually talking about this. I rented Arrival through Redbox last weekend as of this recording which is the 16th of June and I then sent a message to Brian saying hey want to do Arrival and that's why we're doing it right now so alright yep <laughs> so I was like sure yes. alright <laughs> so yeah. I brushed up and I watched it uh, this afternoon so uh, for the second time yep because so. yeah. I did not trust my memory from about six or seven months ago so yeah, yeah. I saw it. Yeah, I think I saw it about a week or two before the Oscars. So yeah, most people in my Oscar binge. Yeah, yeah, most people don't have my memory for films, so I can I can understand why you want to. (laughs) So that being said, I still could have forgotten a few things in the last four or five hours, but we'll see. (laughs) All Uh, right, so so how do we want to uh, proceed forward here? Well, may as well do the nuts and bolts real quick. Uh, This film was directed by Denis Villeneuve and I'm fairly certain I pronounced that correctly and it made well no never mind it had a budget of 47 million dollars yeah I'll comment on that in a bit and uh, the box office worldwide 202 million 317 thousand 238 dollars US so yeah it did quite well and I think especially Given that I don't know if this is completely completely accurate, but given that it's kind of a thinking person's Independence Day, I think that's pretty good money for. I mean, because that initial weekend, once people realize it's not just an action alien movie, <laughs> that it's actually kind of slow burning and thought provoking, that's not always everyone's cup of tea. So I think yeah. with that, those are pretty good numbers. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Although I will say, every trailer I saw for it 
it was very clear, at least to me, that it wasn't going to be a blockbuster fighting aliens film. Yeah, it wasn't going to be War of the Worlds or yeah, yeah. Or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, all right, so the very modest cast list. Yeah, who's in this bloody thing? Uh, you got Amy Adams as Louise Banks, Jeremy Renner as Ian Donnelly, Forrest Whitaker as Colonel Webber, Michael Stolberg, I'm fairly certain uh, I just yes. said that right. He's, yeah, he's fantastic. Yep. As Agent Halperin, Mark O'Brien as Captain Marks, and Zima, we have agreed on, as General <laughs> Shang. And of course there are yes. other people, but there um, are yeah, main players. Including, yes, three people playing the Doctor. Daughter, but yeah all right we will get to that if we need to so yes all right so paul uh, i guess um i don't know initial thoughts i'm assuming things went well considering we're here now yes. so yes, <laughs> it's generally not to talk about a shitty film unless it's one of our other uh, incant- era iterations of this podcast but yes no, um, yeah I, I will start off by saying that uh like i had this film hyped up to me a lot there were mm-hmm. so many people that were telling me it was uh, you know film of the year. It was chipped at the Oscars. Mm-hmm. Like everyone in it was fantastic, and you know, I completely managed to avoid all spoilers for it. I am very pleased wow. with myself for that. I don't know uh, how that I is quite it. impressive considering this is a year old. Yeah, yeah, I I, I really did actively not click on anything with a rifle in it and all of this stuff. I told people I hadn't seen it so that they wouldn't tell me how it ended or (laughs) any of the stuff in it. I knew there was a twist because, of course, there was going to be a twist. But, like, aside from that, uh, yeah, I, I didn't know anything. And I watched the film and I will say that I can definitely see why so many people are telling me, oh, my God, it's the best film of the year. I wouldn't necessarily agree with that statement, but I do agree that it is a very good film. Mm-hmm. So. So, yeah, I I can't recall. I, I definitely knew it was my top. Well, I think at the time it, it was my best uh, movie of the year. It's it was my dark horse to win best picture. I knew it wasn't going to. Yeah. Um, and I had not seen Moonlight as when the day of the Academy Awards and I had saw it a couple days after and that is definitely my best picture of 2016 and right. I, but I would still put a rival at two or three in there um, yeah it's it's one of those that's not a whole lot came out last year that you could, could kind of say yeah I want to watch that in a year or two or even five but this is definitely one of those movies where I think you can get a lot of, a lot out of revisiting it so yeah, uh, yeah for a, a pretty crappy year for 2016 in general <laughs> and in film Uh, this one definitely stands out yeah I I can see why everyone's kind of gushing over this thing it's almost to me it felt the same as when I was watching Contagion because it was Mm -hmm. like it's one of those films where they actually kind of got it right in that this is how it would happen if Alien turned up and Mm -hmm. like they, they weren't attacking, but they weren't talking, or at least we can tell, like, this is how it would go down. There would be a yeah. lot of military around, and very tentative stalemates going on. But, yeah. <laughs> the only thing with that they didn't show is Stephen Hawking getting on his goddamn missile to Mars. See, <laughs> <laughs> assholes, I told you. This was going to be yeah. bad. So, <laughs> get me the hell out of here. Uh, but yeah, that's one of the very first notes I had was authenticity. Like, this 
feels like how things would happen. Um, but maybe not so much currently. I think our president would probably be outside shooting bottle rockets and like Roman candles at one of these, but <laughs> just for shits and giggles. Um, right. he'd, he'd be, yeah, he'd be uh, talking to the world, being like, "Yeah, the the one in America is uh, the biggest of the twelve. Uh, he just uh, point to on see witch hunt. What did I tell you? It's full of witches. <laughs> A whole bunch of alien witches. No one's been treated more unfairly by goddamn aliens in history. Yeah, it's, it's and just, like, yeah, you know what? You're actually right. No one, I guess, yeah, no one has because yeah, it's, it's our first encounter. It's just Trump and that guy from History Channel, or just aliens. Like, just <laughs> Yeah, that those would be our um, uh, Louis and um, what's his name, uh, Ian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so yeah, one of the other things. I noticed right away that is that the tone is like perfectly set in this movie like from the initial few seconds you 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 get that you're kind of in for something kind of unique at least I felt that way and it immediately kind of pulls you in I don't know did you feel that um I I found it it take a little longer for you yeah I I found it interesting the the choice that they made obviously going through the relationship with the daughter and the take on that you don't often it's almost kind of felt like up in a way the opening uh. to that where you got the <laughs> uh-huh. like the very little explanation uh, obviously she was narrating over it but she wasn't actually really saying anything other than this is my daughter she died from an incurable disease uh, and yeah this story actually starts somewhere else like that kind of, that's yeah. all we got that was all the yeah so, yeah was talking about of... beginnings and endings um there is a lot in here that is definitely uh i kind of mentioned rewatching, but there is a level of enjoyment that knowing of course how the movie unfolds that you get to enjoy little lines of dialogue and kind of that voiceover and just the script is very good you to appreciate how good it is yeah um because there are just little easter eggs as to what's going on throughout this movie um yeah definitely. but I, I i don't need to point all those out because i do think those are fun to kind of see for yourself but um yeah but that being said of course like i said spoilers but yeah i love how they're played kind of as flashbacks how we would typically think of okay this is a flashback we're seeing what her life was like and now she's this professor uh you know this college this linguistic professor um and then we get to meet forest um (laughs) so we love this of course i will be it wouldn't be blockbusters if i didn't have to you know my nitpicks and some complaints here He would be at the top of the list here. I know. I don't know. How did you feel about his performance here? Um, to be perfectly honest, the character of Weber mm-hmm. could have been played by anyone over the age of fifty. Thank you. Thank you. You said. Uh, I don't know why. Uh, and get it, don't get me wrong here. I love Forrest Whitaker. I've loved him since like pretty much Good Morning Vietnam was really my first exposure to him. I'm sure I've seen him in something that was previous yeah, to that. that but that must be the same for me as well. I don't yeah, really seeing him in a film. But I mean, of course, I love Last King of Scotland and oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, like, I don't know why he needed to be in this movie for that character. It's such a one-dimensional character with zero story arc. Um, he's just there to kind of service the plot, you know, here and there. And then, oh my God, the accent, Paul, the accent. <laughs> uh, we've, ta- I think we've talked about this on maybe our Ad- Academy Awards show, um, or oh, I'm sorry, our non-Academy Award awards. Uh, let's, yes. Let's avoid that lawsuit. <laughs> <laughs> and 
but it i tried to keep track of what it went in and out and i just it got so bad and confusing but yeah he starts off with some kind of like south african i don't know thing and then there's a new york and then there's just plain old forrest whitaker i don't give a shit today i'm just gonna talk as forrest whitaker <laughs> and it was all over the map and for me it really it, at least on a second watch kind of distracted me from an otherwise incredible movie um I... that being said yeah like, like you said the character didn't it could have been anyone um I don't know why it was him. Yeah, I I think they wanted someone who was very well known so that the moment he's on screen, you're like, oh, this is an important person rather than could have been someone we didn't know. It's just like, hi there, I'm Colonel Weber. Mm -hmm. You're like, okay, Mm -hmm. sure. (laughs) They couldn't get an important person to play this one. Mm -hmm. I think that there was a slight level of that in there. But Mm -hmm. yeah, his role really was just, we, we don't have much time. And they then spent a very large amount of time going over a bunch of things. (laughs) Yeah, it was like, okay, I'll tell that to my people that are above me, and then I'm going to yell at you people, and then I'm going to go talk to them again. So I'm just going to be this middleman. That Seriously, yeah, come on. Uh, Hollywood's a cutthroat (laughs) business. Give some other actor a chance at that role. Um, And let's leave something meatier for Forrest, because he can handle that stuff. Yeah, I feel like... When he gives a shit. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> in in this sort of scenario surely the person that would be in like trying to get these people to come with them and to direct it it would be the president via secure cable link ordering them about it wouldn't be just a random colonel guy i think this is very important this, this needs to be run by the commander-in-chief rather than this colonel who will then go and talk to his superiors, who will then talk to the president. It's just, it, I think it's one too many uh, degrees of separation away from actually being someone who can do something, as it were. <laughs> I can't, I yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, small issues with that. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> by and large, not a whole lot here to complain about. Um, I did want to get um, one other thing out of the way is that um, the... the the professions, the, the choice of the professions seem a little wrong <laughs> for this kind of situation. Yeah. I mean, I don't understand what a theoretical physicist would have over, like, wouldn't you prefer a cryptologist or, you know, um, <laughs> a, some sort of code breaker? <laughs> uh, and then maybe a, um, not particle physicist, but like a... Um, astrophysicist you know um yeah. getting get neil degrasse tyson in there <laughs> and then no one can have anyone while he just tears everything down but i mean yeah i guess i get the linguist but like i said if you don't know the language then unless she has some code breaking experience yeah i don't know the the biggest problem with the fact that it's a a physicist or you know, even a theoretical physicist but like, is that that it uh, and i don't know how much longer we can kind of dance around this without needing to give away the ending but that is actually a little bit of a spoiler if you start to think about it for where this I ends up yeah because yeah. if there hadn't been a physicist there 
then there wouldn't have been anyone to kind of bounce those ideas off of when they started coming up and for an explanation to really come out that way, as it were. (laughs) And it would have just been like, how the hell does a linguist understand this? (laughs) They needed someone else there who could have possibly explained it to her and now she's explaining it to other people. Mm All right. I will buy buy a certain part of that. Okay. Yeah, I mean, to to me, it, it is kind of just lazy. Like they, they couldn't have had her be a linguist who minored in astrophysics or something. Like <laughs> she couldn't have just like had a, her uh, toe in that world as well. Or uh, like a Mark Watney, a, a astronaut slash biologist exactly. slash engineer <laughs> slash whatever slash, slash blowing <laughs> shit up. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. So where do you want to head from here? Um, I've been uh, running my mouth. So well. Uh, <laughs> Well, one thing I actually found kind of funny, recently I've been re-watching Sherlock, okay. and I just watched, four days ago, the episode doing The Hound of the Baskervilles. And there's uh-huh. a point when Sherlock and Watson go to this army base, and they're like, oh, you know, do you have the aliens here? And this one guy says, yeah, two crash-landed 30 years ago, we called them Abbott and Costello. Really? Yeah. <laughs> huh. and, and I had, you know, two days previously watched this film, and I was like, oh, hmm, that's an interesting connection there. Uh, yeah, I think that's, yeah, I think that's just a coincidence. Uh, yeah, I, I'm but, sure, I'm absolutely mm-hmm. sure it's a coincidence. It's just a fun mm-hmm. little thing there. Uh, but uh, what did you think of the aliens in this? Uh, just their design, or? Well, well, I mean, like, I will say that it's a... A type of alien that you very, very, very rarely see in films anymore. Yeah, that is okay. Yep, that's exact. You're going exactly where I kind of wanted that to go. So, um, yeah, so it's not your greys or your green man or you know, it's not a um, bipedal. Obviously, not bipedal. (laughs) Humanoid. You know that we're using that is going to have some verbal language um, yeah. that is going to know English that found that gold record <laughs> and knows everything. Yeah. Um, oh, and it's so, yeah. also What's not that? the, it's also not the, the xenomorph or the independent no. day aliens. No, no, no. So it's not the super scary like. ones either. Yeah. They're just uh-huh. trying to kill you. <laughs> yeah. So it's, I guess somewhere in between as far as design goes, but yeah, yeah I did love the originality of that. These uh, septipods as they are called, um, yeah. Heptopus. When 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 we get to reveal the whole creature, which we're getting way ahead of ourselves, they are enormous. <laughs> yes, they <laughs> because, are quite large. Yeah, because we only ever see for ninety percent of the film. Uh, about halfway up their body, as it were. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then we see they are pretty much titans. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I really liked the the overall design and kind of the sound design behind them. Um, yeah. Definitely loved the, of course, the digital effects with the, uh, shoot, I wrote it down. What are they called? Logograms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a kind of a different thing, but... Yeah, they were. Uh, I, I enjoyed having Costello. Yeah, yeah, and it was definitely for me again. Like I avoided all spoilers. I had no idea what these aliens looked like, so it was very nice to not have that spoiled in the slightest. And it was just really fun for me to yeah. sit down and see something that. I don't know if I'd seen anything exactly like this before. I've seen close to it, where it's either 
aliens that don't really say much or like they're, they're sort of there but not but no this was really cool to see and I definitely enjoyed the whole way that they went about it where it is they have a language that is so different from our own so you, re- you really did need to start with the absolute building blocks of how do you teach someone to say something in a way that they've never done before and I, I don't know if it hit home for me just because of the field that I work in. Because working with children with autism, communication is the biggest deficit. So you do have to teach these children how to interact either verbally or using like gestures or picture exchange systems. Like it's it's so mm-hmm. yeah it's so difficult. So it's really cool to see. It being like, wow, these are so different, and a film actually explaining, like, okay, you want to, you want them to answer a question. Do they know what a question is? Do they understand yeah, the words I, in the question? Yeah, we're. Uh, I might need to back up to a few other things that are down, but I did love that um, Louise on the whiteboard there. The what is your purpose on Earth kind of dissection. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. So yeah. So f- basically, first, like, do they know understand what a question is? Um, and then, do they understand your? Is that a singular or the collective you? <laughs> Um, what what is purpose? Do they understand intent? Like you have to build all of these on top of each other before you can even begin to have anything resembling a conversation. Uh, yeah, so I loved how that was kind of explained. It's not just hey, what are you doing here? Take me to your leader. Um, yeah. <laughs> we'll kill you all. Yeah, whatever. Um, yes, it's not a Mars attacks scenario. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, um, I did uh, what you uh, what I ask um, along a more a lighter note, uh, like Mars attacks. What would you rename Abbott and Costello? What pair of names would you give them? What would I rename Abbott and Costello? Yeah, uh, you know I would. <laughs> For no reason other than... For Paul. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, no, 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 for no reason other than I just like the film and it's the first thing to pop to mind. Uh, I would go for Jules and Vincent. Oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Did not expect you to go that way. Okay. No, I, yeah. yeah it, it's just like if it were... If I happened to be there and it was just two, <laughs> just the two things there, like that's the first thing that would pop into my head. Probably, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, that worked. Okay, I wouldn't go for the the old timey. <laughs> just like, yeah, uh, Quentin Tarantino, good enough. Yeah, uh, I I had Terrence and Philip, or <laughs> <laughs> or possibly Shake and Bake, <laughs> okay, okay. or Nighthawk and Dragon. <laughs> oh, uh, Step Brothers. Of course, none of those have the. Uh, I get the Abbott and Costello, and if for some reason uh, it's fine, that, that show came out 3,000 years ago. Um, but yeah, that obviously has the misunderstanding, the miscommunication tie in, you know, um, with the, who's on first thing. But yeah, but yeah so I get what they, why they named them, but it was kind of a bit of an odd reference, but I did like it, did kind of fit them. Um, yeah. And then spoilers jumping ahead, it, it, you know, it gets some sadness with Abbott and yes. Costello, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, in that case, that is another thing I did want to bring up about the aliens. Like, these are, you know, absolutely aliens. Nothing remotely human, you could say, about mm-hmm. them. I mean, they resemble maybe some some in the animal kingdom, but definitely not human. Yeah, I'd say, yeah. that, you know, very squid-like, if I yeah. had to pick something. But yeah, mm-hmm. so, so they're very much like that. They, they do just communicate through ink, essentially, and... <laughs> Uh, you're only experiencing talking with them through the main character and so and yeah, as you said spoiler one of them ends up 
either dying or dead. We don't actually know because we only know the one thing that pops up on screen. But yes, what one of them is dying or dead, and uh, you do yeah. kind of care. Like it, you, they've mm-hmm. yep. they've done so well in characterizing these two, getting you to really appreciate them that you do feel sad that one of them is not around anymore. Yeah, uh, well, well, it, Abbott is death process, so we don't know how long death process takes. Exactly. <laughs> or if that was just communicate. Yeah. Um, yeah. That could be um, another thousand years, <laughs> and yeah. he's just taking a nap. <laughs> uh, exactly. yeah, but um, but I, I took it to be like, nah, he's on his deathbed, you know, or, or that, like, or has recently died. So yeah, yeah. Now, um, it, death process could be decomposing. <laughs> I'm sorry to get too grim, but yeah, it could who be, knows? Yes. That is the Austin translation. Of death. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, shoot, I did want to back up to another bit of design. Um, now, you are free to correct me here on this because you would be more uh, <laughs> the go-to. But I thought these ships looked like the Gherkin. <laughs> um, <laughs> At least I can from see the what one, you're talking about. Yes, from the one like from the front view, obviously not the side view. Yeah, the second you get the side more view, it, it's just yeah. half of you. Uh, yeah. it's more like a contact lens than anything else. To yes. Do <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Uh, like, oh, yeah. Uh, London has two of these, or there's one in hiding in plain sight right now, but yeah. we don't know. Yeah, yeah. I can see what you're going for there. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh, um, that was the only thing I could think of when I saw this. Uh, but it was once again something like it wasn't an Independence Day ship. Um, it wasn't a saucer per se. You know, it does. They do eventually flip horizontally um and they kind of get that saucer effect but it's nothing that it's very minimalist which i did love about the whole design of the interior and exterior of the ship yeah and it's it is one of those things when i saw it i was immediately happy because we weren't going to have a this is the machine that alters the gravity this is the machine that does this (laughs) there's no machine Uh it's just it's basically the inside of a cube from cube. That's basically what you had there. And that's all you got. Just a, just a square room. And then you left through a corridor. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, for a large part of the movie to take place in that, that's, I mean, you have to have that really good script and the score, which I want to get to a little more, and the acting, because it is... A lot of it is very play-like. It is just these actors interacting with eventual CG <laughs> aliens, you know. Um, and that's a lot, you know, a lot of the movie that pulls you in and that you're, you know, looking forward to their next session, so to speak. Yeah. It's that and then essentially the army camp, you know, just back and forth for a lot of the movie. Yeah, very much. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's weird to think that this film really didn't have many sets or like scenes that were outside of about three locations. Yeah, it was this story. Yeah, these two story essentially. It wasn't necessarily. I mean, yeah, on a larger picture, it was the alien arrival, whatever. But we don't go visit them in Russia or Sudan or the UK, you know, uh, anywhere else. We we hear things and we see you know, hear recordings and see video, you know, short videos. But it's not a globe trotting thing. We stay in what is it, Omaha or Montana? Montana, uh, I believe. Uh, I think it's Montana. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah state <laughs> for the most is not. Uh, yeah, realized. for most of the, <laughs> no, you're fine. <laughs> for yeah, most of the film, which I did like that it didn't try to be everything you know try to tie in the whole world because uh, that could have gotten 
really muddy, but yeah, we we didn't see the other end of the phone call at the end. Well, we didn't, we did, and didn't, but whatever. Like, yeah, you, you didn't see from the perspective of anyone else. It was just this one site, so you knew all the information that the people at the site knew, and that was it. Which is one of my favorite ways of having a film develop because especially in this day and age, it's like, oh no, we want to make sure that the audience doesn't leave with any real questions. It's like, no, that builds intrigue. So, you know, in a film that requires intrigue, you should probably leave it in there. But (laughs) it's really nice to see that they did leave it where you don't know where it's going because you don't know any other information. So... Yeah, you, yeah, you just get little bit bits and pieces here and there. Oh, this country kind of figured out this part, and this country figured out kind of this part. Or this, this country's being a bunch of assholes, <laughs> and you kind of go from there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, I did want to uh, talk a little bit. I just kind of alluded to it. The the score, which is, you got, you kind of mentioned some um, gyps as far as the Academy Awards went. Yeah. This was not even nominated um, for a. <laughs> kind of dumb reason <laughs> um the what is it the um the the closing song or the song that's used throughout it's on the nature of delight it's a pre-existing uh number i mean it's a really beautiful classical piece but because of the amount that was used in it, it wasn't original it wasn't even eligible for an academy award nomination which right. i mean the score uh johan johansson's score was perfect um that being said moonlight was better and even though i think what la la won i don't know why we're, i'm still talking oscars for 2016 but um yeah uh i thought it was so good it was i mean unsettling and like otherworldly uh, you know to its credit <laughs> as it should yeah. be but it was once again minimalist like like the ship like the it was wasn't in the way it just kind of made you just a little bit uncomfortable which i kind of liked yeah i mean the film won an award for best sound editing and i will definitely concede that yes this film deserved that one because most I, I think a lot of directors would come to this and go okay like we've got these alien things here like, you know we're gonna have this music just in the background swelling and all this stuff like, no you don't need that like, yeah this just yeah, let it's not what's that happening happen yeah. and you you just get a lot a lot of the times you just get these somewhat hum of what the aliens make for sound and then just a sort of a background noise of the the ship when they're in the room and that that's about it with the exception of when a very important thing happens so it's it's really cool to listen to the sound in this one and that's actually something i tend not to pay any attention to but i really did notice it in this so that's I I can see why a lot of people were so annoyed that this didn't even get a look in because of a sort of ridiculous uh, ruling. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I get it, but yeah, it still kind of stinks. Um, (laughs) Shoot, where do I want to go from there? Oh, um, I want to talk a little bit about the um, kind of the flash forwards spoiler mm-hmm. <laughs> or flash arounds i wrote down <laughs> all right well uh, in in that case i say that like this should be the section where obviously we'll talk about that but this will be the time travel for want of a better word yes so... portion of the conversation 
And if this is not your first time listening to this, you know this uh, makes me go cross-eyed <laughs> and throw my coffee on the ground and stomp off in frustration. But <laughs> I will try to have this conversation. <laughs> Just promise me you're not going to pull out a chart. <laughs> like, I, I, like, no looper chart for me, please. No, no looper, no Terminator Genesis. <laughs> oh, yeah, so Genesis. But, yeah. Um, I uh-huh. do have a couple of, like, Questions because I think it broke its own rules. Did you think it broke its own rules? Um, so, sort of. It, With it, the it, general at the end? That, that, yeah, there is one. That was the one thing that I was going to bring up as a question. I also have another question that we can cover when we have to get to it. So, okay. Okay, so yeah. the flash forward specifically first. <laughs> Go on. Yeah. What were you going to say? Well, initially, I just, I just love how beautifully these are shot. Um, the lighting is just incredible in these and then you, you just get bits and pieces of this relationship uh mother and daughter um for a long time you still think this is you know something that has already happened yeah. um if you know if you're a very astute viewer or if you're a second time viewer you know that's not the case or you <laughs> can feel it maybe not be the case as things start intercutting um as ideas present themselves in these flash forwards and then she echoes those sentiments or ideas in quote-unquote real time um then things start to you know kind of come together a little bit but i just love those scenes um i love how little was done but how much you appreciate that relationship and the emotional investment and kind of just importance of that so because it's it's integral to kind of the success of the film or to you liking the movie if you're not on board for that you're not going to give a shit about the end Um, (laughs) so those have to work and i thought they did really well yeah i i did enjoy seeing it obviously the as we said the beginning gave you just kind of a hint and was clearly there to be like yeah okay this happened and then with the opening narration the first time you watch it you don't fully understand what she's saying with but this story actually kind of begins now and it's almost a oh like i see it's the next chapter is what you think the first time you see it and then the next time you watch it you're like oh no this literally is how this story started because she wouldn't be there if this (laughs) if the rest of the film hadn't happened um and yeah, yeah so I, I enjoyed <laughs> like I enjoyed the way that they put that in and I liked the the bit where again, as I said, you didn't need all the information, so you did just get the occasional flash forward back have like however we want to describe it throughout the film uh and you you actually said that you feel that it broke its own kind of time travel rules with the general i will also point out that it did if if you consider that breaking the time travel rules it did it during one of the flash forwards too because when she's talking to the girl at the lake and she just doesn't like, I, I almost feel like the daughter maybe thinks the mother is occasionally schizophrenic or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wondering how she got custody. <laughs> because, yeah. Um, yeah, real talk here. Um, uh, like I said, spoilers galore. So she tells um, her husband that, you know, she can see the future, essentially, and that yeah. this horrible thing is going to happen to their daughter. Well, I guess we don't know exactly what she said. She just said she told him something that he wasn't ready to hear. So we would presume it's that um, yeah. about their daughter, you know, um, that things aren't going to go so well. And uh, so 
unless he he has to either believe this on some level and just you know not still can't process it or he thinks she's batshit <laughs> and then you think he would fight for custody but i don't know I'm, I'm delving too deep into these things but it's still where my mind goes when i watch so yeah and uh, uh, he clearly would believe her just because like there's no other way that she would have been able to do what she did calling the general and getting him to uh, yeah. call off the strike yeah. without without this being the case and then down the line like i it really is uh like we could go on for quite a while just delving into the psychology of <laughs> of their marriage and why it broke up and all that but yeah i, I think it, it's kind of weird because and this is obviously where we get into the slightly heavier thing so the time travel in this film is not really time travel it is simply that when you fully understand the language of the aliens you are able to see time as they do which appears to be you can basically see all of your timeline that, that, that's sort of what yeah. I got and, like, <laughs> um, and, it, and it's based on I wish I had written it down and I was going to go back I, I, fe- I should probably write it down but do you have to remember the name of that theory um, but, uh, the 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 theory that's like if, if you grow up in a certain with a certain language, it affects how you even think of life or have a, you know um, uh, you know your I've, life is completely different um, just based on your language. I've basically heard this in passing. I, I've not mm-hmm. ever delved into this, so I, I don't. Okay. Know but they say the name of the theory in there, and I'm sure people, some people are screaming or yelling it. But oh, yeah, um, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it it's essentially based on that idea that once you live with this language and. Like, I think even she has a line, once you completely understand it, something like that, you know, then, of course, it, it just unlocks everything, um, yeah. essentially being time is a loop. Um, time <laughs> yeah. it, it has no ends and beginnings, which is, like, pretty much the opening of the movie. Um, it, there's a little hint where she describes the, um, the logograms as having no direction forward or backward. Yeah. Um, like time eventually will she will come to understand. Um, yeah. yeah, and so the the basic my basic understanding of how they were viewing this is that in this particular case, time appears to be like fixed completely, as, as in you can see what's going to happen, or I guess what has happened if you want to go about that way as well. But there will be no changing. So there's the illusion of free will, but not guess, actually yeah. free will. Yeah, uh, or like, and then that's when you get into like you do have free will, but like your decisions are we'll always have already been, been made. <laughs> and, yeah, and you can see it as well. You're seeing the future because you, as a person, would make this choice. Like that. Yeah, kind it's of the thing. chicken and the egg of time. It's like it's always been because it always been. But if you make a new choice, well, that new choice was always that way. It, it, yeah, it's and then we I start to get mad. So <laughs> yes, uh, I, I'm not going to go. Much, I'm not really going to go down that. Because it's bullshit. Yeah. Okay. As far as we know, it's bullshit. But yes, uh, I uh, do like. Well, Go ahead. I was just going to say, but my my main issue with how they were doing this is that they had this very clear thing of, okay, time like, doesn't change. Uh, she is just seeing visions of the future. However, um, it's very clear, I think, during at least two, and that is when she's with the girl at the lake 
but only for like a second. And then she kind of jumped back into like her then. And then at the end, when it's her with the general, she's very clearly jumped into herself. But she's her right now, having jumped into herself. It's, it's like, like I said, especially with the general, because mm-hmm. she's just there, just like, oh, general, like, what do you want? It's like, oh, I feel like I need to say this to you. And she's, yeah, which is like, such oh. a, yeah, kind of a BS way to get out of the illogic of that scene yeah. is that I feel compelled. I need to share information with you that you should ostensibly already know. <laughs> yeah. Um, because only, you did it. You called me. <laughs> yeah. The, the only thing I can think of is that she has come to explain to everyone what she's learned about the whole time thing and like all of this stuff. And so the general has become informed of this and so now he realizes oh i need to give her my number or something like that 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 was my only possible explanation was that he somehow was made aware of this or came to the same conclusion independently um with his advisors or whoever but yeah yeah that's the only way i can reconcile that (laughs) yeah Um, because i know we're really jumping to the end there but uh, there was a what was the other one? Oh, why did, yeah, because he, re- he even repeats what she told him. Like, he shows her the phone number and then she repeats, like, what, like, both of those things together are a lot to ask of something, like I said, that should already have that information. Yeah. Um, and, and it was just 18 months ago that we found out, like, that this went down. So, yeah, exactly. So, and it's, um, like, I, I feel like they're basically, they seem to be going down, like I said, this route of, Time, despite the fact that you're viewing it, is fixed because she knows all of the stuff now that's going to happen. She knows she's going to marry Ian and they're going to have a daughter that she knows like month before they even go on their first date that her daughter is going to die from an incurable disease and she still goes through with all of it without a single thing of like, yeah, okay, we're going to have a daughter. Well, like, what, what if we have genetic testing or something like this is a world that's clearly <laughs> quite advanced now yeah like, yeah uh-huh. what, what if we change this one gene like maybe it's uh like it's an incurable disease once the baby's developed like can't we uh, i know you're now getting into designer test tube babies but you know, yeah. can't we fix this incurable disease when seems definitely worth a, a google search at the least um yeah <laughs> you know than to just accept but no i mean i get the point the movie was trying to make there is that you know it just doesn't matter if you know you know of course just enjoy Every yeah, moment. Uh... Yeah, I mean, now being a father, I genuinely can fully understand. Like, it, the worst thing in the world is having to go through what she's going to go through at the end. But the best thing in the world is everything else. Like, this is, it's like, yeah, I, I know. I'm not trying to be happy, but it, <laughs> Did this, I know. But hey, I think fatherhood and maybe this movie has cr- cracked your tough English shell. Um, <laughs> no, hey, I, I can. I can tell, like, I'm still a, a heartless bastard. Oh, okay, so when good. It comes, Never change. I, I can now understand. <laughs> okay, yes. You, you, you have learned yes, I understand. how the other humans operate. Yeah, I understand. I still don't care. So okay, that's got it. That's better. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Never change. Thank you. I appreciate yes. it. Okay. Um, oh, can I get to... Can we back up a little bit to the bomb sequence? Yeah, this was the other thing I was. This was another thing that I had. Yeah, I took a little umbrage with. Um, I'm especially for a movie of this caliber to have a timer bomb 
I'm so sick of timer bombs. <laughs> we know they're dumb. We know they don't exist. <laughs> if you want control of a bomb, don't put a timer on it. <laughs> yeah. You have a detonate. Yeah, you know, yeah, you have a detonator, and you, you decide when it goes off. Uh, but no, these guys are like, yeah, go ahead, go back in there. You know, I think there's probably a few seconds left on that. <laughs> yeah. We don't give a shit about you. You can blow up with the aliens. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was kind of heartless and bastardly. Yes, <laughs> guys. But, yeah, like, um, okay, a couple of the top minds in the country. Uh, fuck them. Yeah, yeah my, my biggest question behind that whole thing was who gave the order? Yeah, because they, they seem, all seem kind of shocked when it goes off. Yeah, they like pretty much everyone else at the base seem to have no idea so i feel as though wait did we get halpern's reaction agent halpern or not i don't remember because he was the uh douche nozzle of this movie i don't recall (laughs) right now Uh, i Mm -hmm. i just know that it seems as though these people were kind of buying into the news more than listening to their superiors. <laughs> so they were watching too much Fox News, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I, yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> okay. uh, so the bomb kind of led into um, another thing I had questions about was the barrier itself. The barrier between heptapod and human. Mm-hmm. So that was, that is, that it comes, that's design feature in Alien Ship, like that comes standard <laughs> for eventual interaction with other species or who put the barrier there? Well, uh, if the barrier to... wasn't there, how do they make the logograms form? Can yeah, they form they... them in midair? I got a lot of questions. Well, <laughs> uh, assuming we're buying into the circular time and they can view it, they know that a barrier has to be there so that they can interact. So they, they built uh, it because well, they had aren't you built so it. Smart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I, mean, it, it, I, I get the feeling that... They they built it specifically for coming to Earth and doing it because mm-hmm. I don't feel like they would need a barrier to so just travel. Wouldn't they have a, found a speedier way to communicate then? You think um, or not? If they know like the steps that were going to be taken, I believe that. Well, two things. Number one... Well, I mean, yeah, we go back to whatever was, always was, and always will be. Yeah, we're going to have to chalk part of it up to, yes, they're able to see through time, but, like, for the sake of story, they need to not know how to speak in a language that we understand. Uh, But then also, like, it it is, like, aliens are, are able to see through time, however... Just because they can see through time, they can see through their time, that doesn't mean that they can understand an alien language. So they can only communicate through the language they know, even if they can see themselves talking to these people that <laughs> yeah. they don't understand. Like, so it's <laughs> just like, yeah, I know you're a human. Okay, we, 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 I get it. Let's move on. <laughs> like, yeah, it, they had to be the most patient aliens in the universe. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, it's, not, it's not like when an English person goes on holiday to France and you just speak slowly and clearly in English, and when that doesn't work, you start shouting. Because like, <laughs> they love people that shout yeah, slowly. So, yeah. So, uh-huh. Yeah, it, it, it's it is it basically I feel like imagine if you were like you, you were an English speaking person and you went somewhere where they had never heard English before period how do you communicate like and you, there's no frame of reference for either of you 
you've never heard their language, they've never heard yours, they gesture in different ways for whatever reason. Uh, like, you know, so, I would uh, I would try interpretive dance. Yeah, uh, there you go. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. But how do you know that they would interpret your dance moves the way you do? Well, we hope to, <laughs> for the best. <laughs> we hope, yeah. uh, when I do my weapon dance, they know it's actually a gift dance. Oh, yes, there so, you go. Yeah, <laughs> so that I don't get burned alive or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so it, it, it really... Again, I, I can't commend this film enough for the way that they were able to get across the idea of language. Like it, it really is something that I think a lot of people never think about. Yeah, and, and specifically communication within. Like, do your words mean the same as my words? Are we understanding things? Because that is happens with the humans in this movie. Um, yeah. That you say one thing, but we all live inside our own heads, right? Of course, we know that. But there goes, there's a lot of thought that goes into. Hopefully, you know, our president was standing. There's a lot of thought that goes into the words that come out of our mouths, <laughs> um, you know, that we've formed already, and then we we do the best with the, the language that we're given, and that doesn't always mean the same thing to everybody. So I think that move, this movie did an excellent job of that, just on that, and then across interspecies as well, you know. Um, yeah, I just uh, agree 1,000%. <laughs> uh, all right, well, um, uh, I feel just uh, for the sake of time here, shall, shall I mm-hmm. get to what other people have sent in about this film? Uh, yeah, let's do that. Yes, because uh, we, we've had, again, we've actually had a significant number of people get on to us about this. All uh, right, good. So uh, moving swiftly along, Paul Salt from the One Good Thing podcast. Arrival is a movie about the beauty and importance of communication. It is therefore a film that feels urgent and also timeless. It is also a film that depends on the formidable performance of Amy Adams. The necessary ambiguity she achieves conveys a sadness that is also confusion and a remorse that is also longing. She is incredible. And uh, uh, Denis Villeneuve also demonstrates that he is an extraordinary talent who had the power to reinvigorate the sci-fi genre. So I'd say that fairly in line with what we <laughs> we were talking about. Uh and then uh, the Beyond the Box set guys, uh, I put something out on Twitter, and so they said, ooh, this was our joint favorite film of 2016 on Beyond the Box set. We talked about it a lot on in our Oscar ranking episode, and then hashtag justice for arrival was very much the theme of our Oscar party. So, yeah, it's so definitely uh, a little annoyed that that didn't get a look in. Uh, <laughs> in Session Film said, I think Arrival will be one of those films that when we look back 30 years from now, it will be one of those defining films of this decade. So, very high praise from those guys. Uh, yeah. Um, Sarah Poulton, mm-hmm. and if you're listening, Sarah, I want the rest <laughs> of this story. She simply said, this movie kind of ended my last relationship. It was dead on arrival. I guess. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, Sarah. Apologies. So <laughs> uh, um, uh, the last row sent two separate things. I don't know if it's the same person who decided to add on, but uh, it, the first one was Arrival was by far one of my favorite films of last year. Amy Adams was robbed for not even being nominated. Her performance was amazing. That was from Drew. And then the next one just said uh, Arrival is the type of film that you watch three, four, or five times and you still think about it well after it's over. One of the most thought-provoking films I've seen in a really long time. The art direction, cinematography, style, all of it was perfection. 
totally agree with the comments about Villeneuve being director of the decade, which is something I think Paul Salt actually said um, in the message group, but he emailed me the one that I actually read out. So sorry about that. Uh, And then uh, two things from the movie guys. The first one said... (laughs) I, too, loved Arrival. Yes, very thought-provoking and realistic as well, given that it's in the sci-fi realm. It's the work of a distinct director. Also, some of Charlie Sheen's best work. (laughs) And then, two hours later, (laughs) uh, posted, Arrival is the most potent tale of a frightened America under invasion from an alien race since the speech where Trump announces candidacy. So, there we go. I don't know if they realised, shit, we made a mistake here, or if they were trying to make a joke and it didn't land. So <laughs> <laughs> One of those language uh, things. I yeah. think so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. But thank you, everyone there, that actually got a hold of us and got back to us on that. And... Shall we shall we give our ratings for this then? Um, sure. Yeah, let's do All it. Right. Uh, why don't you go <laughs> first this time? I think I went first. For the last okay. So, super fast uh, recap of our rating. We start at a perfect negative, uh, perfect zero, and we take off uh, points incrementally um, for little nitpicks. That's as far as I'm going into it. So, yep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, like I said, zero point zero is perfect. I would put this at about a minus uh, minus one point five. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I... Just a few yeah, nitpicks here or there. So, you know, the Force Whitaker thing, some of the time stuff. But yeah. other than that, superb. Yeah, and um, I will say, like, I've been, I've been going back and forth about this because, yeah, I mean, sound wonderful. There's some fantastic acting in this. There's also, as you say, like Forrest Whitaker, not necessary. Like, <laughs> either write that character better or get an unknown or something in the role. Like, just, it, it, it weird. It's a bit of a mishmash there. And, yeah, I think I'm going to go with a minus two on this one just because, you know, being someone that is very into time travel and I, I, yeah, I'm not saying I fully understand all theories about time travel, but I'm definitely able to follow along without getting a headache. And I feel as though this film tried very, very, very hard to set up exact rules on the quote-unquote time travel, and then it still didn't quite hold to it or broke it when it was convenient for the story, and I can't get behind that. Uh, but yeah, I, I think a, a minus two for me is probably... Uh, probably about where i'm going to stand and i don't think that's going to go up or down over time i think yeah i think that's where i'm going to stay yeah fair enough um i did just want to one last shout out here to um i want to make a real quick connection to the handmaid's tale um the daughter and that is named hannah which i kind of found interesting um of course the book predating the movie by quite a bit uh the book was in the 80s so i mean (laughs) even i believe if there's uh, if there's handmaid's tales tale fans out there listening i believe even june as we come to learn in the show says that you know mentions it's a palindrome and that's why she was named that um but obviously it has a little more meaning in this context but i just i thought that was cool i just threw that out there but okay now i'm done (laughs) (laughs) i think yes uh uh, gonna have uh, to be yeah i have to pee yes we could definitely go on about this for ages but you know bodily functions and you know (laughs) that was uh, yeah yeah uh, time, yeah, time constraints and work shit. Oh, dear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Getting in the way. 
Alright, well, I think that's definitely it from us then. So, uh, thanks to everyone who wrote in and gave us their comments. And if you have any comments, you out there listening right now, if you have any comments you want us to hear, maybe mention on the next podcast if you feel like, oh, I wanted to say something about it. Just get a hold of us. Twitter's always great, at Blockbusters. We're generally quite good on that. Um, my phone is currently broken. I'm hoping to have it back by the time this comes out. But in case I don't, I apologize for taking me a little while to get back to you. Uh, we also have Facebook, facebook.com slash Blockbusters. Instagram, Blockbusters. Email us, blockbusterpodcast at gmail.com if you really want to give us a full, uh, you know, a full three-page essay on exactly what was right or wrong about Arrival, which I'm sure some people are writing as we speak. And, you know, go to our website just because it, yeah, it's a nice website. We like it. Blockbusters.webs.com there. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, that is everything that I can think of to add in there. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming you don't have anything else, Brian? Nope, you got it. All right, so mm-hmm. I've been Paul. I've been Brian. See you guys. Thank you.